Hi, I'm Kat. And I'm Emma. If you love the Dead Prank podcast, you can help support its future using the ACAST supporter feature. Now, it's up to you how much you give and there is no regular commitment. So if you can and you want to, please do hit the link in the show description to support now. Thank you. Thank you. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, welcome to the Deprain Club podcast, a community of like-minded young adults who are all grieving a similar loss. I'm Catherine Hooker and I speak with inspirational people from all over the world whose lives have been impacted from losing a parent at a young age. In this podcast, our guests will tell their own grief story, discussing how their losses have impacted their lives and the path they have found themselves on. We laugh, we cry, but together we've come to realise that we are far from alone in our own grief journeys. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing is that that is actually a real positive, and that I thought is, and I think you said as well, Lucia, is the perspective. You know, being able to not be as concerned about minor yeah, things. Yeah, definitely. You know, like a big thing that might be, I mean, massive for some of our friends would be tiny for us because actually, what we've been through is hopefully the worst thing we go through. So. Yeah, in comparison, it, yeah, it can be a real positive in yeah. that if you if you use it to to accept that maybe if this thing goes wrong at school or in a young relationship or whatever, it maybe isn't quite as significant as you think. Hi guys, welcome to this week's episode of the Deprent Club podcast. I hope you are all well. So this week I had a DPC podcast first. I interviewed twins, Hubert and Lucia, about the loss of their dad and how it's impacted their lives since. So this is my first ever recording with siblings and, well, with twins. So I just thought it'd be so interesting to to hear how, even though they are kind of the closest that you can be, um, how differently you grieve. So we discussed how they both reacted very differently after their dad died suddenly at 17 and how they didn't lean on each other much after their loss with their lives sweeping them in different directions as you can imagine at 17 you've got so much going on so it's not until the last couple of years that they've come to open up to each other more and we also discussed why they find it easier to talk about it in front of each other now and how obviously their grief has changed the way that they live their lives and you know you guys know that that is my most favorite question to ask I was honestly like so buzzing with life after recording this episode just because of how open and enthusiastic they both were at the opportunity to share their story and to talk about their dad. So I have absolutely no doubt that you guys are going to love this episode. So let's dive right in. But would you mind just both individually introducing yourselves to the listeners? Yep. Um I'm Lucia. Um and I'm not really, I'm living in London at the moment, um, very unemployed, uh, <laughs> so, um, looking, very. <laughs> looking for a job, um, and yeah, we're living together, which is good fun. 
Um, and I'm Hubert. I'm studying a master's at Reading. Um, and yeah, loving living with my sister. I suppose, you know, you're both part of the Dead Parent Club. Mm-hmm. So I suppose it's going to be difficult now. One of you can fight to tell me who it is that you lost. Um, and just like a brief insight into your story, I suppose. Yeah, of course. Um, so it was our dad. Um, we were 17 when he died. Um, but it was, I'd say it was quite sudden. He basically had a heart operation. Um, and then I think it was two months after. Six or seven months after. Oh, what? Six or seven months after. <laughs> um, he had a heart attack, um, which was really out of the blue because obviously the heart operation went really well. Um, mm. So it was quite a shock. Um, and yeah, so he he worked in London um, during the week and my mum was down in London and they actually went out for supper. Um, and when they came back from supper, he went upstairs and yeah, had a heart attack. So Gosh. Um, so do they think that that was a result of the operation or was it just a complete freak just out of the blue? Uh, well, it's so he it was slightly complicated in that he'd always had health problems. He'd had uh, mm. cancer when we were younger and it had been a race between us and him to learn to talk again. He'd had throat it's cancer. Gosh, um, wow. But, so we, it had kind of been, to an extent, it had been an everyday bonus thing and he'd had lots of comp- a, a few health complications since but we did definitely mm. think we were out of the woods after the heart operation so it, it came out mm-hmm. of the perfect, yeah can I ask obviously with your dad having quite a few health complications when you were younger were you quite like obsessed with how he looked after himself or did you because it was such a norm for you guys did you just kind of let him live his life however he wanted um I think um I think it was because we were obviously when he had throat cancer just before we were born. So it was always kind of the norm that, mm. um, you know, there was always underlying problems. But um, I think it was I more, really... of, more for you. I'd, I'd kind of prep myself when I was younger a little bit more. I think I was a little bit more aware of, of his health problems. Yeah. So, and I, I definitely, I, the weird thing is that before I kind of tried imagining in my head what it would be like if he did die and I just couldn't you just can't conceptualize it at all it's really no. um it was it was definitely quite interesting in that respect but mm. I think you were yeah I think I was probably the opposite I kind of thought oh he's got for it all he'll be fine which um I don't know if that was me just being a bit naive but um yeah well, you hope for the best don't you <laughs> yeah exactly um so yeah I definitely was was um kind of thinking everything was all yeah, yeah. I, I asked that question mostly because, um, obviously, so it was my mum that died, and that was nearly five years ago now. Yeah. But over that over that course of time and before she passed away, as well, my dad's had cancer quite a few times as well. Oh, really? Um, and I'm just like, I get so angry at him <laughs> for like not looking after himself. Um, and I actually haven't said this on the podcast yet. Um, but he's actually got cancer again. So I'm, oh, it's, it's, it's part of the norm, isn't it? Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but I just get, I was just wondering that, like, I just get so angry at him, like, stop eating fish and chips. <laughs> like, I eat some vegetables. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, re- it's a tricky one because 
obviously you want your you know the best for him but at the mm. same, same time it's like he's a grown grown ass man I do remember the summer before he died definitely we were all a lot more conscious of his health uh mm. operation um and and it is it is quite it's very frustrating to watch someone think in such a short-term way when, when yeah. you feel like they, they need to help themselves so that they can help you yeah 100 percent. like you're, you're like why are you just thinking about yourself and not me yeah. <laughs> yeah. i'm the most important person here. thank you <laughs> so what was that immediate aftermath like then for the both of you like do you think you both dealt with it really differently yes yeah I reckon. um so well basically straight after we were both at um at boarding school um so our mum yeah so our mum came and told us so she went to um cubes school first um collected him and then came to my uh school and um it was weird i basically my school was being it was a friday and my school was being really weird about me going home and everyone had already um left and the school had been told by my mum but obviously they couldn't say anything um so um they were saying oh um lucia just um stay back you know you can't go home yet and i was like why and they were like they weren't giving any reasons which was just really frustrating for you yeah yeah Yeah. and um and then i saw hube and my mum and our cousin at at the window um and obviously then I was like okay something's that mm-hmm. something's weird um and I actually thought they they'd at the beginning I thought they'd come to tell me that our Labrador had died and um so yeah I we went we both went home and we were at home for I was home for about six weeks I think Oh, um, wow. And she, I was. I went back to school much quicker. When I was told I'd been, I went back kind of in the middle of the lesson and was told and I knew something was up. And actually, mm-hmm. I said to my friends as I was walking back, "I hope, I hope it's a parent and not the dog." And then, oh no! And then, obviously, afterwards. But te- definitely getting getting that train ride to go and tell Loosh that dad had died was, was one mm. of the more unpleasant and surreal experiences I've ever had. Yeah, that must have been one of the hardest things you've ever done. Mm. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's it, it's interesting how we... Um... We, d- we dealt with it differently, definitely immediately after with that. You know, I went back to school much sooner and kind of threw myself uh, into that, which was probably, for me, the right thing to do at the time, but it obviously mm. had more unpack in hindsight. And then... I think you were you were you it was definitely suited you more staying at home for that bit longer didn't it then yeah so yeah yeah, yeah. I, I just wanted to be in you know the home home country. it's in, it's interesting because I've talked to a few people whose parents have died recently and stuff and one of my friend's parents actually died last weekend which is um it was awful for her and one of the first conversations that you have with people is when are you thinking of going back to work or when are you thinking of going back to school yeah and um I honestly don't think there's a right answer for that. Like, um, I was in a similar situation to you. Do they call you Hubes or Hubert? <laughs> Which is best. Everyone calls me whatever they want. <laughs> <laughs> um, but 
I was in a similar situation to you where literally three, four days after my mum died, I went away to train for my job and I was away from home. Mm. And at the time, I thought it was the right thing to do. Looking back now, I'm like, holy shit, like, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, too yeah. soon. Yeah. I, know, it's um, funny. I think it's funny what you do at the um, at the time. Like, mm. The confidence to go with what you feel would be right for you is actually a really important thing. And, and, and if, yeah. having that affirmation from people. So if, if I'd had that at the time saying this is definitely the right thing to do, it would have been, it would have been nice because I think I, it did suit me, but it, it is also very easy to feel pressure to go back immediately or throw yourself back into stuff. And that can be unhelpful. Yeah. It's that kind of pressure from both ends, like the pressure of feeling like the right thing to do is stay at home and be with the family, but also the pressure of wanting to do the right thing for you as well it's quite hard getting that balancing act yeah and I think um I think I was probably a bit you know well we obviously both were but I was kind of a bit clingy to my mum I didn't really want to Mm. her um even though she has such an amazing network of friends um oh fab um which is really great but yeah it was a weird weird time going back to school um yeah you, you said on um on like the kind of like pre-interview questionnaire didn't you like yeah you, know, you, you wanted to talk about kind of how that is when you go back to school and how everybody looks at you like that girl's dad just died <laughs> yeah I know girl's mom just died it is such it's an actual like identity crisis I think at that time 100% yeah definitely um I think it's kind of I, m- I remember going into assembly and I just I felt like everyone was you know the whole kind of assembly stopped and stared at me as if to be like mm. oh her you know she's back you know, and it's kind of whispers, and I'm sure they weren't like that. But um, yeah, it was weird. Um, my school. I mean, there was about two teachers who were amazing, and apart from that, everyone else kind of acted like nothing had happened, which was it's the worst thing in the world. Yeah, it was. It's it's um awful, and um, I remember being in lessons, and um, I'd be zoning out, obviously thinking about my dad and. Um, one teacher in particular that was like, oh, Lucia, come on, concentrate, what are you doing? And it's like, are you joking? <laughs> Bitch, my dad just died. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. yeah, it's a strange, strange one. But um, I think, obviously, everyone um, kind of goes about, lo- lots of people don't know how to go about the subject. So I think that's why loads of people didn't bring it up, because... Perhaps it was because they didn't want to upset me. Yeah, um, they didn't know what to say. Yeah, but as a teacher, I kind of feel. But you, you wanted to go and talk to people about. Yeah, I mean, I would love. I don't know how I go about it, but I would love to kind of go into schools and yes, talk to, talk to teachers about um, how to broach the subject exactly. and how to support people and do, doing it to students as well, like how to talk to your peers about it. Yeah, I know. I think it would be great on both. Um, parts because it's um, yeah it's the same with friends I mean like lots of friends still don't know whether to you know bring up the subject um, mm. and yeah I think it's really and actually I'd be exactly the same um, I've had two of my best friends dads have died um, and it's it's nice because we all know how to you know approach the subject but lots of people yeah, you can't without yeah. experience. Yeah. Yeah, oh no, 100%. Um, I, ha- I was actually going to talk about this a little bit later, so we'll definitely pick that up again. Yeah. But 
um, I obviously read as well, Hubert, that you had quite a lot of pressure with regards to um, your dad's business. Yeah, well, I so it, it, that was definitely very. Uh, I when I was uh, so I pretty much immediately um, went to definitely took on a different role where I was helping mum uh mm. with kind of a, a farming thing so I was, I went very quickly from at a, a 17 I think is definitely a young age to be doing to be in a lot of meetings and making those oh, god decisions. yeah um and life decisions that would affect me and mum and Lush um not that I was making mm. it was in in tandem with mum and she was amazing at, at making sure I I had I did the minimum to to do it but I definitely did feel the need to help her with that and I, and I I ended up having it's very interesting all your your relationships kind of re-equalize or, or change uh mm-hmm. afterwards and and so I ended up with a relationship much more uh we all ended up with relationships much more of equals I remember talking on the phone to mum about something and, a, and getting off and a friend asking who that was and being shocked that it was my mum and I t- talked to her like that as a as an equal yeah um but it's yeah it, it definitely does change your relationships like that like I kind of see my dad now as not so much a parent but like a kind of family colleague yeah, yeah. completely <laughs> <laughs> in like a really weird way yeah it's a very strange change and 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 actually I think if doing it at that young age I probably didn't need to do it as much as I did do it but I stepped into that mm-hmm. uh role and I, I think it, it can be quite damaging in some respects because you you lose your childhood a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I did. I react. I think the react. I reacted by doing that by kind of going a bit crazy at uni. But then working in the holidays, it was in a. It's this kind of weird reverse where I was, I was working at home and, and less so at, at university. Yeah, well, it's, I, I can't blame you at all from that aspect. Like you, you're so right when you say that. Like you do lose your childhood so much, and you have to grow up so quickly, mm. and like. I find even now, you know, like however many years it is later, you're kind of looking around at your peers and you still feel so much older than them because you've just been through something so huge that they've got no, like, that they're just like so young and naive and you're like, you've got no idea. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing is that that is actually a real positive and I thought is, and I think you mm. as well, which is the perspective, you know, being able to not be as concerned about minor yeah, things. Definitely. Yeah, the, You know, like a big thing that might be, I mean, massive for some of our friends would be tiny for us because actually what we've been through is hopefully the worst mm. thing we go through. So, yeah, in comparison... It, yeah, it can be sounds, a real positive in yeah. that if you if you use it to, to accept that maybe if this thing goes wrong at school or in a young relationship or whatever, it maybe isn't quite as... The end of the world. My um, deputy head at school was like... She sat me down and she was like, obviously... I meant to really encourage you with A-levels and things, but <laughs> in comparison with what you've just been through, they don't matter at all. <laughs> it's so true. Yeah, but then it's difficult because then it can also be flipped on its head where you, you're you also like more frustrated with mm. friends around you when they're picking up on such tiny inconveniences and just dramatising them. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> manufacturing this kind of... Yeah, because mm-hmm. all worries are relative. I think. I think everyone everyone worries almost the same amount just about their own issues. So if your own issues are really small, it doesn't mean you worry less about them. And, and mm. if they're big, it was funny. I even noticed it the other day where um, 
me and my boyfriend were talking and he was talking about, you know, like when you say these things like, oh, if you were given five wishes or whatever, yeah. um, it's one of those silly conversations. And he was like, oh, you know, what, what would you wish for? And I was like, oh, if I could wish for anything, like anything at all. And he was like, yeah. And I was like, well, I'd wish for my mum to come back. Like I'd use, all, I'd use all five, I'd use all five wishes for that. Yeah. And then he, yeah, and then he, <laughs> I was like, well, I was like, what about you? And he was like, I'd probably wish for a lot, the winning lottery ticket. To win your money. <laughs> and I was just like, wow, like, it's <laughs> got such different kind of priorities there. Yeah, <laughs> that's so good. Um, so obviously, the both of you are like talking about your grief and your experience and stuff really openly with each other now. But like, what was it like? talking to each other in like the following months and years straight after your dad died because kind of navigating how other people want to talk about it is so difficult even with like your siblings yeah I think um we actually it's not like we avoided the subject but I mean it was never something that really came up um which is weird because obviously we're twins and we're the closest people to each other so um, having both lost the same dad, you'd think, you know, that we probably mm. would have spoken about it a bit more. But um, we kind of just—I don't know—it was probably our way of I think dealing we partly, with it. Partly, it was partly we were we were. It was so intense that immediate period after mm. the funeral, and then we were kind of swept into our different worlds. We went to different schools, um, and we got wrapped up with our friends and 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 once and suddenly once once you haven't spoken about it the longer you haven't the mm-hmm. the the bigger mm. it is yeah we actually had a um this is really recently and actually it's probably only recently that we do talk about it um and I, we've definitely got closer over the years um but we went our mum took us to turkey last summer um and we were having um cocktails and you know <laughs> great time and my mum went to bed and we actually started talking about um uh you know our grief and um I hadn't actually really seen Hugh cry since uh. um and it he did then when when we were um talking about it and that was massive because it actually made me realize that you know after all those years He'd only just, you know, cried, which was yeah. Because I, I was very much, I was very aware that I, sh- I, should cry at the time, but I, I was, I was quite careful to do so privately. I did. So I was, mm. I definitely. Someone told me whenever you feel that wave of sadness, don't fight it. Find somewhere and cry. And I did that, but I, I oh. didn't do that with Luce, which I, sh- which I definitely should have in hindsight at the time. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, I think it can be hard opening up. I f- like even like me personally, I find it easier talking about my grief and like my loss and stuff with pe- with like friends or people that I'm not like close to. But when I talk about it with my family or with the people that knew her best, I find it really difficult because the emotions are so real and so raw between the two of you. Yeah. Completely, I yeah, think that's definitely. such a good way of putting it. It's just, it's very, it's, it's almost easier to talk on a shallower level to loads of people than, than a deeper mm-hmm. level to someone really, really close to you. Yeah, I think it's um, some one of the someone who's like closest to me once asked um, what Dada was like, and 
it was in that moment that I was like, oh my gosh, I wish you, oh, my dad could meet you or he could meet yeah. my dad. Um, and um, I think that's one of the hardest things is um, a lot of, I think at this age particularly, I've really kind of worked out who my closest friends are. And yeah. a lot of them haven't, you know, never met my dad. Um, but I think the next best thing is being able to some sum him up um because it's so nice talking about him and he was an amazing yeah it's a great question it's a great question is how you know um what were they like it's actually a really lovely question to be asked yeah well tell me guys what was he like (laughs) um (laughs) he he was amazing he was kind um funny very witty um dry sense humor yeah one of those smart he had a smile that really crinkled up his face um <laughs> yeah um could kind of talk to anyone and everyone we actually a good summary of him is he um he used to occasionally get a black cab or something to work and um he made friends with the with the cab driver so every um time he got a, a cab the cab driver would make sure that he was the one to pick up um data and um would bring him a newspaper every morning without, without oh, that's so lovely. <laughs> yeah, which is so nice. And um after he died, the cab driver obviously hadn't had any bookings from our dad. So he rang up and he was like, Where's um Rob Holden? And we had to <laughs> we had to tell oh. him he died. But it was I mean that kind of sums him up. It was just you know, he was just a cab driver who he happened to make friends with and yeah he was, yeah that is such a lovely story <laughs> yeah it was really really sweet mm. um but yeah he was um he was quite distinctive because he'd had his um throat operation so he spoke with a kind of very gravelly voice and oh, of course. very hard to get it back i think he was one of kind of two of the how many hundreds of patients at that hospital who'd managed to get a voice that they could use for wow. a day and so he was very distinctive and kind of painfully polite. So he he would he definitely picked up strangers. Always would be. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know it's definitely a voice that you kind of turn your head. You know, like who's that talking? Um, oh wow! But yeah, he was amazing, and he went through so much and never once complained, and you know, always put us first. So. Um, I think a very cool thing that for, for us is that we're very aware in in our 17 years with him he was very he did he because he, he had his own business he could he could kind of set his holidays and he took off I think probably very to the detriment of his business he took um, it's kind of three weeks for Easter and Christmas and tried to do seven or eight weeks for summer to spend time wow. with us. he spent hours and hours and hours with us through our whole childhood so we did feel that even even now we feel that in our in our time then we had a probably a better relationship with him than than a lot of people we know do yeah Yeah, I mean that's that's amazing that he put that time aside as well because I think it's true what they say you know like when somebody dies it is like everybody remembers how they touched them like you know like the, the reaction that they got from them and how they made them feel and stuff and I think it's nice that you can it's probably taught you that when you have families and stuff to prioritize spending that time yeah definitely with I them mean, to do the same for them yeah definitely um 
I mean, it was, he used to do things like we've got a, we live in the, um, we grew up in the countryside and um, there was a massive tree that he called um, the fairy tree and he would spend hours, I mean, this is when we were smaller, <laughs> not, not, <laughs> not when you were 16, you know, <laughs> um, but he'd spend hours making, you know, little um, cuts out of tinfoil tin and things and um he'd put them out so that you know the fairies had left us um presents. I mean they were so detailed he would have spent I mean hours doing them so (laughs) he was um yeah he was amazing you should celebrate yourself every day but some days you should celebrate with jewelry whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. That is so lovely. Thank you guys. That's actually made my day. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, um, well, I suppose going on from that, I would, I suppose I'd like to ask you what, what do you think it is that's made you feel more comfortable talking about it with each other now? Or do you think it's just that you've kind of grown into your grief a lot more and that kind of time in Turkey together? Um, yeah, it's a good question. I think, I think it's probably, for me, I think over the years, I've definitely just I've grown up a lot faster and I think that happens to a lot um of people who lose a parent and um I think every every kind of year that goes by I want to talk to you more about it but I don't know what it was that changed yeah it's it's very interesting I think you as you the longer it's been with grief the more you kind of look at it with a clarity at first it's really Mm. it's just it's kind of completely overwhelming overwhelming like a tidal wave and as those waves get further apart with time it's sort of it's easier to look at in 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 a and maybe recognize the things you did wrong and the things you did right at the time and Mm. we've certainly I think we're now much more capable of chatting to each other about it Mm. um but it's it's not it's not an easy process and I can I think it could probably be cat that you know small catalysts that uh, that night in turkey is actually you know that's a that's a moment that didn't need to happen it sort of spontaneously did so yeah. i guess yeah. those opportunities whenever you get them is probably key yeah. yeah yeah so true i've i've got two older brothers they're 7 years and 9 years older than me mm-hmm. and we don't talk about it really at all I think whenever I do kind of bring my mum up to them in conversation I feel quite awkward doing it um 
Yeah. So they definitely weren't. Like, I had a bit of a moment the other the other morning. I was having a proper like, you know, and like the grief comes crashing in, and you're oh, a bit yeah. like, yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> overwhelming. And I was I was sat looking at my phone, and I was like, who the bloody hell do I even call in these situations? Like, um, and I, I'm very lucky that I've got aunties and cousins that I'm very close to, but it does make me wish that I was closer with my siblings in that way to have that kind of conversation have that raw emotion because it's it's one thing talking about them it's another thing kind of crying and showing how upset you are really isn't it and it's so true because uh even even talking about them in a a shallow oh do you remember when they did this way is good but that that deep way is is so positive and i think the Mm. it definitely you know it could always happen it could happen at any point but it is it's at the same time it's you can't really force it either it's one of those things that's just yeah I think it's um look we do a lot of we talk about our dad all the time um like with our mum and things and it's always about you know the funny stories Mm. and how great he was and um we've got very black humor so (laughs) that will be the same (laughs) (laughs) um so we do a lot of that but I I remember actually when he dada had it hadn't been that long since he died and um my our mom our mom um (laughs) uh, was um she was just at the point where you're just angry not Mm. i think it more again you know why has that happened to us and things and um it she she's the nicest person in the world so she this isn't her at all but she um started kind of taking her anger out on on us and I noticed in it in particular I think and there was a one point where I had to be like mama you do realize you're not the only person that's that's lost him we all have and yeah she I'm I'm actually really glad I said it because I think it was something she needed to hear and she kind of stepped back and she was like you know fuck that's so that's so true but it sometimes it does take someone to just be like it's it's all of us it's not just one of us that have yeah are going for it yeah so true I think sometimes I can probably feel quite guilty of that where I feel like out of me and my brothers I always feel like it hurts me more (laughs) because I'm the one that talks about it so much (laughs) um I'm you know it's probably not the case but I think in every situation everyone's always a bit like oh well you had longer with them or mm. like yeah, you had more quality time with them there's always something to be a little bit pissed off about isn't there yeah and those frustrations <laughs> you know they you shouldn't um when they bubble over as long as everyone is then open about them immediately and and, and recognizes that there's a frustration source from a different place then it, it, it mm. is um, no definitely it's been so incredible she's have to kind of step in and do so many amazing things she's been so unfailingly supportive of us um, yeah I mean it's it's a big responsibility as a parent isn't it like they kind of have to suddenly transform into two parents overnight yeah. and I think we give them a bit of a hard time yeah <laughs> yeah I know we actually um we um I think it was it I can't remember when it was but we um went out both of us we were kind of, kind of going on a twin night out and um we were in a I think it might have been when we were in Turkey and my mum was like, have the best time. Um, please, please, please promise that you'll knock on my door when um, you're back. Because I think now that she's a single parent, she worries a lot, a lot more. Mm. And um, 
we got so drunk that we both passed out and forgot to knock on our door. And, oh no! Um, in the morning, I mean, it was honestly like we were um, fourteen again. She was like, "What the fuck? I've been waiting up all night. Yeah. I've been worried sick." And she was like, "You don't understand. I'm a single parent. You know, it's yeah. <laughs> it's not very." Oh. It's mean, so uh, it is so. It must just be the most awful you know so the pressure of being a single parent yeah and having someone having someone you can always speak to about it it's just yeah yeah what about like how do you guys feel about leaving is she is she got an, a new partner or is she living on her own at home like how do you guys feel about all of that so she's um she, no she's not with anyone um she uh so she's at home in the country um and yeah, it is. So obviously we were, we both went home for lockdown. Um, so we had a really nice amount of time together. But actually coming back to London and leaving her, it is always a bit hard. Um, just because I think it's even like we were there on the weekend and, you know, the Sunday night feeling coming back and we were coming back to mm. London. And it's, I think it must be quite flat for her just suddenly being on her own again. Yeah, she's um, she's so incredible at not ever showing it, but I think it's yeah. I think it, at times it's just the, having a house full of people to suddenly not is just yeah. it, it must it, it is inevitably you feel yeah. aware of it. I think but very isolated. We're, we're so lucky in the sense that um, we've got a lot of family friends that live near, um, and they've all been, I mean, godparents and um, family friends and mums in particular have all kind of made sure that mama's not alone on a Saturday night or you know yeah she's got the really most taken. incredible support network and it is that it's that great thing of uh they you know they have texting groups or whatever to make sure that mm-hmm. she's got plans or someone is um with her although she you know she doesn't it's not like she needs to be with someone the whole time she's very but she you know she's good it's at nice to know much. yeah and but having mm. that support network you know if certainly I'd say to anyone if if something happens, it's the six months after the where everything dies down and everyone forgets. That's when you really mm. need to step in and, and, and help your friend. Mm. I, I do think that people kind of forget that it's not just the grief, but it is those added responsibilities that come with that. Like, you know, thinking about your parent and worrying about them and all those things that you never had to worry about before and suddenly you're like, oh my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Buying stockings for her at Christmas. That's... Oh yeah. <laughs> no, Daddy used to do, um, he was so generous with her stocking and um, with, you know, really nice perfume or something and when he died we were both like, oh shit. That was our job. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think we're, I think we're, well, I say we say we. Louche very much takes control. Brilliant, that's it. I'm I'm pretty used to. I'm sure you guys are doing a great job. It sounds <laughs> like it. <laughs> so, as you guys like as individuals, like we've spoken a bit about, like friendships and supporting friends when they're grieving and stuff. But like, was there anything in particular that kind of struck you guys as being particularly helpful after Dad died, or certain things that friends said or did that's really stood out to you? I mean, for me, it was talking about dad. That was it was such a it's such a kind of surreal line in the sand. And I saw it even with mm. one friends where some did and some didn't. But my friends, 
and I, I guess that was great having friends who who'd known dad and just yeah. talking in a in a just in a fun way um not even necessarily in, a, in an in-depth way but just telling stories about him or or saying their own memories of him was just it was just brilliant for me because also there's yeah. you know a lot of memories of him came out to me afterwards speaking to people that I didn't know or that I didn't remember and I thought that was great and actually a few of mum and dad's friends particularly was just are just so incredible at, at always talking about dad when they're with us and that yeah. means um, oh I love that yeah I think it's really important I think um yeah I think at the time it was um actually my best friend we ran my best friend up or our best friend um I could, that night when we found out um and she actually came straight I mean kind of that weekend came straight back um which was uh amazing I mean obviously it wasn't an ask for her but I think it's um it was definitely the the people that were closest to us. I remember apologising to her on the phone yeah. for telling her the news. Yeah, I know. It was weird. We um, I, we said, oh, are you free to talk? And she was like, yeah. And then we both were on the speaker and we told her. And she was particularly close to our dad. I mean, like, they had a, an amazing friendship. And um, she obviously was crying and things. And we ended up comforting her and then we were like what are we doing yeah, <laughs> yeah. Was like, was like, why are you saying sorry to me yeah. <laughs> um but yeah I think I agree with Hugh but I think um I think the I think it's a massive thing because some people kind of pretend like I was saying before like it hasn't happened and just mm. um avoid the conversation so I think the friends that actually did bring it up and actively asked how we were doing was was massive yeah there's nothing like it I absolutely love it when people bring up my mum or talk to me about my mum and I think that's why I lean so much on my cousins and my auntie um just because they're they're such good support and they always say to me like oh we feel like we can't do anything for you and I'm like just the fact that I can actually talk to you about my mum and you knew who she was yeah (laughs) it's like the most helpful thing in the world yeah (laughs) and it must be so nice for them that you're you can talk to them about it um yeah hopefully <laughs> just um, sobbing down the phone <laughs> that's another thing that you don't you don't often don't remember is you know everyone has their own grief about the loss of that person and, mm. and often people get left behind siblings of the of your parent are often you know they it's very easy for people to just go for the absolute immediate family for comfort but i think so many people the fallout is so widespread um when yeah. something as awful as that happens that it's it's easy to forget that they you know they need support themselves yeah yeah so say if somebody was listening to this who because I, I, I get a few people who are who haven't been bereaved themselves but they're listening to kind of get more knowledge on how to support their friends or their partner which is amazing it snaps to them yeah, um amazing yeah yeah <laughs> like would you say that that's kind of like your top piece of advice would be to either talk like bring up memories you've got of their parent or ask them to share memories about their parent yeah I think um I think probably the best advice I could give is to to ask what you know their parent was like or um you know not to avoid the subject I was actually having a drink with one of the 
one of my closest friends the other day and she um she was like I'm I'm really aware that we don't really talk about it um that much and she was like I just you know I don't know if you do want to talk about Mm. it and I was like no it's actually it's so nice that you've you know brought it up and um because it's it's not an easy subject for them to approach I don't think in the sense that it's hard to read you know Mm. it's hard to read if someone actually wants to talk about their their parent yeah it's true it's true sometimes sometimes you just want to kind of put your head in the sand and yeah. not think about them um yeah. but i definitely like i love that i can't remember the exact quote but that thing that a person only actually dies the last time they're spoken about and that yes is, yeah. you know i really really love that as a as an idea and and the, and i guess if you extend that to the more they're spoken about the kind of the more the, alive, they feel alive and with you I, I think it's definitely a thing that that certainly for us has been big yeah yeah i love that so important um one of my favorite questions to ask people which you, you guys have actually touched on is do you think that your loss has changed who you are as a person because obviously the answer is always yes but one of the most like beautiful things that I found from recording this podcast is how unbelievably positive everybody's answer to this question always is <laughs> and like, I, I just think out of everything that somebody can go through it's amazing that you can turn around and say that going through something so awful has changed you for the better as a person um which is just like you never would have thought that before it's happened to you or even like in the in like the depths of your grief so yeah how do you think that it's changed you guys individually um I think um I think in general I just look in uh, at the world um so differently I mean I appreciate every single thing um from friends to um you know family and um just day-to-day life like I mean someone um I don't know I think I think it's just um I basically have definitely grown and I would have only grown I don't think I would have grown so much if my dad hadn't died and that's what's so weird is that because it was such a massive thing that had happened it was kind of a almost like a wake-up call to to say this has happened um there's actually nothing you can do about it Mm -hmm. we can't bring him back um and uh for me yeah I think that's why I just love life and appreciate life so much is because um it's you know you need to just appreciate every single opportunity and um also our dad would really want that so yeah um, yeah I think yeah and I I also I think that's that is that's such I mean that's a really good way of putting it and I'd also say that I've it's almost felt like a I've always been someone that um partly because I'm interested people speak to I think about things quite a bit and I've it's almost felt like a superpower as a way of being able to because it's not always the same and nothing is great but as a way of being able to relate to people and yeah get them to open up about their problems because one of the things that I realized most was that you know everyone's life is is is, is fucked up in some way or other yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and actually it's been 
great as a method of, of allowing them to open up and to learn from it and to to give advice about bad experiences and how to deal with them um, or 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 to or to use your experience to relate in some way yeah definitely mm, yeah I 100 agree and I love the the phrase grief grief is my superpower a mm. few people have said it on the podcast and I don't know if you've listen to mark lemon's podcast as well it's called grief is my superpower um yeah he's a he's a podcast host um he works with winston's wish and it's a really good podcast i would recommend it <laughs> um there's so many now out there i think it's it's amazing that it's just becoming a little bit more accessible and like i wish that there was more when it happened to me but yeah. i think it's amazing that there's just so much now and I bet you guys feel the same you know oh, if something it's been great for us having having you so the power you used it as a superpower and you are using it very effectively yeah definitely um and I think it's just so important to just normalize the subject of grief because it's yeah it's such a weird cultural, if it's a British thing that we're so bad at talking about yeah <laughs> oh, no, um I've talked I've talked to a lot of people from America and Australia and all sorts of places and it it is just quite prevalent everywhere um especially in a lot of cultures you somebody dies you mourn them for two weeks and then you're expected to just get on with your life you know that's it so but I do think in Britain we're becoming more open to talking about things like this more especially with you know the mental health stuff but more needs to be done (laughs) definitely definitely um but yeah i think it's really important um and it's an amazing community to kind of be in because knowing that you're not the only person that's you know lost a parent is Mm, and it's no it's knowing that there's a happy future for you as well because when it happens to you it feels like you're never going to be happy ever again (laughs) yeah i know and i think that's the thing i um one of my one of our best friends dad died last year and um and I remember saying it will get better and and someone probably said that to me and at the time it obviously you were like no it won't just like what mm. better but you know it, it really really does um and however long that takes it it doesn't you know there's no rush to feel better about it but um yeah mm. I think there's definitely positivity to come out of there is amidst all the shit stuff yeah there is. <laughs> um well thank you so much guys i don't know if there's if there's anything else you guys wanted to talk about whilst you were on the podcast um no i'm pretty relaxed all i'd say is and i've only been to about two sessions but definitely go to counseling when you can say so mm-hmm. um yeah you did you did mention that yeah i think counseling is i haven't actually done much of it um and i only really started kind of last year and um that's kind of five years six years <laughs> um you're wrong i wonder yeah, no, <laughs> um and um yeah i think it's really really important i think i need to definitely go to more um but it takes a lot and it did take me a lot to go to counselling and um, once you do it, I, it's, I recommend it to anyone. Yeah, 
No, yeah, I think it's um, there's lots of different types of counselling as well. I think it can be a bit of kind of what's the word like? I don't want to say bingo, like Russian roulette, trying to find the right yeah. one for you. So, like, yeah. I would say to, I would say to people that have been once and have had a bad experience to not give up and find somebody else or yeah, some other method that you think is useful. It also that it can be prohibitively expensive. It's not yeah. necessarily available to everyone, but the you know as as good a substitute as any is is that thing of talking to mm-hmm. people that knew them best about them because um, uh, it's actually just a lot of count what counseling is is just speaking openly for a prolonged period of time in one go to someone yeah yeah it's paying somebody to listen to you a lot of the time isn't it <laughs> but, but it's what you need yeah. yeah um but no I think I think yeah it's it's amazing what you're doing and um keep doing a great job yeah <laughs> thanks guys <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Dead Prank Club podcast. I so hope that you've enjoyed it and you found some comfort in the stories that you've heard here today. As always, I would just like to remind you that neither myself nor any of the guests that come onto the show are healthcare professionals. Therefore, if you do find yourself struggling with your grief, I highly recommend that you seek out professional help, whether that be from your GP or from the numerous charities out there that are available to you. Please also remember that you can reach out to us at any time on Instagram at DPC Podcast, on Facebook at The Dead Parent Club, and you can email us at dpcpodcast at hotmail.com. Alternatively, you can check out our website where a resources page is also available at www.dpcpodcast.co.uk. Also, please don't hesitate to contact me if you want to get involved in the podcast in any way, whether that be coming onto the show or to write a blog for us as well if coming onto a podcast isn't your thing. Thank you so much once again for listening. And we'll see you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.